Well, hey, friend. How are you? I hope you're having a wonderful day. If you're anything like me, motivation can feel very tricky. I feel motivated to do certain things at certain times. But often, if I plan my life in any way, (laughs) which I do, whenever it comes time to do certain things, I do not feel motivated to do them. What what is that about? (laughs) So if you can relate to this, this episode is definitely for you. Now, you may be thinking, okay, another episode on how to increase motivation. But that's not the case. On this episode, I'm sharing another factor that can help us take action even when we don't feel motivated. Let's do it. Welcome to Fruition Mindset, where it's all about mindset coaching for Christian entrepreneurs. Ever feel like life is passing you by? Do you want to have a purpose-filled business that lights you up? Do you keep procrastinating and putting your dreams on the back burner? When I wanted to start my first business over 10 years ago, I was the same way. It didn't matter how many letters I had behind my name or what my credentials were, I never felt ready or qualified. After I had a session with a coach that totally shifted my perspective, everything changed for me. Hi, I'm Kayla Eggenberger, wife, mama, mindset coach, and daughter of the king. And I'm here to tell you that your breakthrough is on the other side of letting go of fear and perfectionism and stepping into who God has created you to be and where he's calling you to go. On this podcast, you'll learn how to renew your mind, get clarity on your purpose, and make confident decisions so you can walk out your faith with focus and consistency to finally create the freedom you want in your life and business. If you're ready to develop the mindset you need to take the dreams God has laid on your heart and bring them into fruition, you are in the right place. So fill up your favorite mug, grab your journal, and get ready to take some thoughts captive. So my first venture into entrepreneurship was a personal training business, and I'm actually still a certified personal trainer. I keep that certification up. I'm not really sure why. I don't train anyone now. I don't intend to train anyone, but it's just something that I've had for so long now that I just, I don't know, I don't want to let it go. I was talking to several of my coach friends. And I found out that many of them also had some kind of license or certification, but they continue to keep up even though they don't use it, like real estate or different things. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. I want to learn more about that. Maybe that's a whole podcast episode in and of itself while we continue to keep up these licenses and certifications and stuff that we don't use. But that is for another day. So For me, even though I'm not training, I still keep up the certification, which means that I still need to do continuing education. And most of the continuing education that is available, a lot of it has to do, obviously, with exercise, right? Different types of exercise. However, I found that through ACE, which is the American Council on Exercise, kind of one of the top organizations that you can get certified through, and that's who I have my certification through. There was a specialty course to become a certified behavior change specialist. And I thought, hmm, that sounds like it might be up my alley. (laughs) Because behavior change is obviously something that I'm very focused on as a coach. And so even though that particular course was way more in-depth and way more credits than I needed for a single certification renewal... I went ahead and did that one because I thought there's going to be something I can use in there to help my clients. 
just knew it. I am all about having a bunch of different tools that I can use to help myself and to help others and to help my clients. I'm always up for collecting another tool to put in my tool belt, especially whenever it comes to behavior change and reaching goals. And I really enjoyed that course. And there was one particular thing within it that I really want to share with you. I believe he's a researcher at Stanford University. From what I understand, he does a lot of work around technology and how to use technology for behavior change. He just does a lot of research on what changes people's behavior, like what works and what doesn't work, which, of course, I found very fascinating. And he created this model. And so I'm going to describe the model to you. It would probably probably be a whole lot easier if you saw it. I will try to link some visuals in the show notes. If you want to actually see this model, it might help your brain kind of wrap, wrap around it. So this model is B equals M-A-T. And you may be like, hey, Kayla, not up for math. <laughs> Don't worry, there's no math involved. But, the, but that's, that's what the model is based on. So it's kind of like behavior change, that's the B, equals motivation, ability, and trigger. Okay, so behavior change equals motivation, ability, and trigger. So BMAT, B equals MAT. So if you're looking at this model, you have on the x-axis, like the horizontal axis down at the bottom, you have ability. And then on the y-axis, the one that goes vertical, you have motivation. And there is like this line, this sloping downhill line that is a trigger point. And so you don't have to really have your head wrapped around the model. I think I did a pretty terrible job of explaining it just now. But, but if you're somebody that needs that visual, seriously, go find, go find the link in the show notes. But you don't have to understand the actual drawing of the model or, or, or the x-axis, y-axis stuff to understand how to use it. For the ability... Think of it in terms of something that's easy to do and something that's hard to do. Not can I do it or can't I do it, but is it easy to do or is it not easy? And then for motivation, obviously, you know, you have like not motivated <laughs> to highly motivated. And so if you look at this model, you have to have really high motivation to do something that's really hard to do, right? You don't have to have as much motivation to do something that's easy to do. If it's really easy to do it, I don't have to feel motivated at all to do it. If somebody told me to pick up this pin that's in front of me, I don't have to feel motivated at all to do it. It's really easy, so I'll just do it. Not a big deal, right? Now, if somebody asked me to pick up this desk in front of me, that's much harder to do. <laughs> and I don't feel motivated to do that at all. So I'm definitely not going to. Isn't that interesting? So we have to have a high level of motivation typically to do something that is hard to do, or at least that we perceive is hard to do. So I think that makes sense. I don't know that we think about that a lot. Like a lot of times we just think, ah, why am I not motivated to do this? Without really considering the perceived level of ease or difficulty, we just think we should have motivation and be motivated to do all the things we need to do regardless of, of how difficult they seem. And now you may be thinking, but Kayla, there are times that something is really easy to do and I still don't do it. So what's with that? And that is where the T part comes in. There has to be a trigger involved so that you take action. So even if something is super easy, 
you know, like say picking up this pen. If nobody says, hey, Kayla, can you pick up that pen and hand it to me? Then the pen just stays there. If, if I have a thought where I need to write something down, that's a trigger. I'll pick up the pen. But without a trigger like that, even though it's easy to do, I'm not going to do it because there's not a reason to do it, <laughs> right? There's not a reminder, a reason. Likewise, we also need a trigger when things are hard to do or even when our motivation is high. We have to have a trigger to do things. I don't know how many times, and I cannot be the only one that experiences this, where I have an intention, something I want to do in my head, but it's like I forget. I forget about the thing if I don't create a trigger, a reminder, a post-it, an alarm, a reminder on my phone to do something. I just forget. I just forget that I was going to do that thing. And so even if your motivation is high and your ability is high, right? Like, I mean, you would think, oh, this thing's definitely going to get done. Without a trigger to do those things, they can still not get done. So we have these three elements that we can play with. Motivation, ability, how hard or not hard something is, essentially. And there's also the trigger. Dr. Fogg said something that I thought was brilliant, and I wrote it down, and I want to share it with you. And it's that simplicity changes behavior better than manipulating motivation. So often, we, including myself, we want to manipulate motivation. We want to get ourselves motivated. We want to feel motivated. We feel like that's what needs to happen in order for us to start taking action. But we forget that there are two other things that we can manipulate. And one of the big ones is simplicity. If we make something way easier to do, we don't have to have near as high of motivation to do it, to actually get it done, if we also include a trigger. So even whenever you don't feel motivated, if you can dial it back and you can really, really simplify and make whatever the task is easy on yourself, or at least easy to do, or at least easy to get started, and you create a trigger for that action, you will be much more likely to actually do it. Dr. Fogg was talking about how whenever he wanted to start flossing, he would literally just tell himself to floss one tooth. Like, just started out flossing one tooth. And that sounds crazy. You're like, who's going to floss one tooth? That's, <laughs> that's weird. The thought of flossing the whole, his whole, all of his teeth was too much. In his mind, it took too much time, was too much of a hassle, blah, blah, blah. The flossing one tooth was easy. And then from there, you can build up to more, obviously, to where you're then flossing your whole mouth. I remember way back in the day hearing people talk about, you know, whenever you're trying to start an exercise routine to just commit to like whatever the first step is, like putting on your shoes. And some people would say, you know, just go and touch the gym door. Because most likely if you're going to touch the gym door, <laughs> then you're probably going to go in and work out. My natural tendency is to do the opposite. And it's to make things way harder in my mind, at least, than they need to be. And in reality, for the longest time, I thought that unloading the dishwasher took like half a day. Okay, that's an exaggeration. But instead of taking, you know, five minutes or less, in my mind, it took like 15 minutes. And I didn't have 15 minutes. I think an important part of this is actually giving yourself the option to stop. This is also where using a timer can be super helpful. You know, setting the timer for five minutes to do something. You know, I'm going to work on this for five minutes and then I can stop. And it doesn't mean that you have to stop, but you have to honestly give yourself the option to stop because if you're trying to trick yourself into, oh, just do five minutes and then you'll want to do more, well, then 
I don't know about you, but I would be on to myself and be like, well, you're just trying to trick yourself into doing the whole thing. (laughs) Our brains are so funny. My recommendation is whenever you dial things back and you think about, oh, I'm just going to work on this for five minutes, really just work on it for five minutes, at least a time or two, even if you feel the urge to do more. It goes back to the all or nothing thinking that so many of us, myself included, struggle with and really breaking that cycle of feeling like I have to do things full out or not at all. Because what ends up happening is that a lot of times we end up not doing things at all. And this model Dr. Fogg presented really helped explain to me why why so many things haven't gotten done. Also, the trigger piece is something that is really important that I feel like we don't put enough emphasis on. And by we, I mean me. We have to have that trigger. And that's whether our motivation is high or low and whether our ability to do something is high or low. When you actually look at the visual of the model where you have, you know, your motivation on one axis and your ability on the other axis and a sloping line that represents the trigger, then if you estimate your level of motivation and your level of ability and kind of find where those two points intersect, if you are below the trigger line, most likely that task is not going to get done. But if you are above the trigger line, then that task has a high likelihood of getting done. That can help you estimate whether or not you have simplified the task enough for it to actually get done. Now, it may sound super easy to simplify something, right? Simplification is not always easy. As a matter of fact, I believe it was Leonardo da Vinci that said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. And if you have all or nothing tendencies or you tend to be a perfectionist, This can be a bit of a challenge, but what I love about this model is that it gives us two things that we can use and that we can manipulate in the best way, of course, so that we can make changes we want to make and take action and get things done. So the next time you have something that needs to get done and you're feeling unmotivated, ask yourself, how can I simplify this? My go-to is to set a timer and do whatever it is for just five minutes, but ask yourself that question. And then also make sure that you're building in your triggers. Using the alerts and reminders on your phone are great for this as well. Honestly, the little time app on your phone that has the timer and your alarms, super helpful for this. I also love to use physical reminders. For instance, if I have a completely clear desk, but that thing that I really need to do is sitting right in front of me. Sometimes I've even printed out an email that I need to do work for and I will just sit it on my desk. To create a physical reminder, I will put my shoes and my workout clothes where I have to stumble over them. Physical reminders can be very, very helpful. And I encourage you to get creative with this. I would love to hear all the different ideas and ways that you come up with to create those triggers and remind you of the action and task that needs to be done. If there's something in your life that you know you need to be taking action on, but you're not, maybe you struggle with perfectionism and all or nothing thinking and you could use some extra outside help, I want to invite you to book an unstuck session with me. Just go to fruitionmindset.com forward slash unstuck. I hope you have a wonderful, productive, fruitful rest of your day and we will talk soon.
Hey, thank you so much for listening and for hanging out with me today. If this podcast has blessed you in some way, I would love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. When you leave a review, it helps the podcast grow and reach more people. Thanks again, and we'll talk soon. Thank you.